I'm Becky Hennessy. This is The Path of Imperfection, Episode 39, Raising Problem Solvers. Welcome, Traveler. The Path of Imperfection is all about talking through the stuff and uncovering the what's and how's so that we can embrace ourselves and each other as human, one imperfect step at a time. This is a podcast for anybody with the courage to try. Hello there. How have you been? Oh, me? (laughs) I'm doing all right, thanks. I am really excited about the parenting retreat seminar boot camp situation that's going to be happening on May 10th. If you are going to be in the Salt Lake area, come to the Summer Survival Boot Camp that I'm doing May 10th from 7 to 9 p.m. In fact, bring a spouse, not just any spouse. (laughs) Bring your spouse. Bring a friend. Come get what you need to get you through the summer months as a parent or a caregiver. You know what? Come if you're not a parent or caregiver. Shoot, you can use these tactics on coworkers, your boss, your parents even. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be a really fun night. I am looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. You can just go to my website, beckyhennessy.com, and there's a registration right there. I have gotten so many emails from new listeners. I love it. Thank you guys so much. Make sure that you're getting my newsletter. If you're a new listener, make sure to get that newsletter. They're called Rest Stops. Again, you can just go to my website, beckyhennessy.com. It's B-E-C-K-I-E-H-E-N-N-E-S-S-Y.com and sign up for those rest stops. And then weekly, you'll get notifications or notices or whatever in that rest stop, in that newsletter, in that email that tells you what's new and what's going on and all those kinds of things. So I thought it would be fun to give you a little bit of a taste test as far as what Friday night is going to look like. If I have my math right, this is being released right before, like the day before the seminar. So make sure that you sign up after you listen to this, go and sign up. It's interesting as I started to kind of do some research, if you will, about what kinds of things typically show up at these kinds of seminars, I came to find that I felt really overwhelmed after watching the different Facebook lives or YouTube videos or hearing the different things that I was hearing, because a lot of it was This is how to have an absolutely amazing summer with your kids. This is how to make it the funnest summer your kids have ever had. This is how to make it the funnest summer you've ever had. This is how to jam-pack your schedule with these different things, all kinds of stuff, you guys. And the more that I watched and listened, I again, that feeling of overwhelm, like I could just feel inside of my body, overwhelm come over. Overwhelm for me inside of my body, it starts usually with my heart beating fast and then my chest gets really tight and then my stomach starts to feel like I call it the roller coaster belly. Like it feels like I'm on a roller coaster and then all my muscles tense up and then my brain starts to go a million miles a minute. That's what overwhelm feels like for me. And that's what started to happen. So I promise you that I will do my very best to not create or cultivate those feelings in regards to this seminar. It's really going to be This is how to deal with the behaviors that show up while you're doing all of those fun things. This is how to deal with your own stuff while you're doing those fun things. That's more what the seminar is about. So it's going to be awesome. Anyway, come May 10th if you're in the Salt Lake area. 
Today is going to be a little sneak peek, a little taste test of what that's going to look like as we talk about how to raise problem solvers. A while back, I went to a breakout session in a conference that I attend regularly. I have to get CEUs to keep my license as a therapist. And so I go to these different conferences and it focused on the generations that raised the current generation. Something that I really appreciate about the generation that raised my generation is that we were taught to problem solve. If we got ourselves into a pickle as a kiddo, a lot of us were taught how to get ourselves out of that pickle. Problem solving was a big deal when I was being raised. And my parents did really well in that space in helping me try to solve my own problems. That's something that I can give both my parents props. Here's what I'm seeing more and more of, though. Even though we were raised to problem solve, we as parents sometimes or as a society aren't doing our kids the same favor. And I don't know if it's because it created such a discomfort in us growing up when we had to problem solve that we can't bear for our kiddos to have to feel that same discomfort, or if it's because we feel like we've mastered problem solving in such a way that we've convinced ourselves that we need to do it for them. I don't know where it comes from. Ladies and gentlemen, moms and dads, people of all walks of life, we have got to teach our kids, our employees, our coworkers, whomever, to solve the problems that they create. If our kiddo is getting a bad grade, that is not our problem. Can you make it your problem? Sure. You can convince yourself that if they get a bad grade, they'll fail the class. And if they fail the class, they won't graduate. And if they don't graduate, they'll live in your basement rent-free forever. You can absolutely convince yourself of that. Is that how it has to go? No. Because ultimately, that bad grade is their problem. If our kiddo gets into trouble for something or drops the ball somewhere or feels a hard feeling because of a choice they've made or even feels a hard feeling because of a choice somebody else made, that is not ours to fix for them. Those are really good opportunities for us to teach them how to problem solve. If that coworker continues to come to work late or not finish that project, guess what that is? Not your problem. Yeah, but Becky, what if it affects me? What if they put it on me? What if they make it my problem? Then hand it back. Now, if it affects you in a certain way, you get to problem solve for you on how you're going to respond to that. But ultimately, those problems are theirs. We hand them back to them. So here's how we guide others to solve their own problems. Because I'm an independent facilitator for Love & Logic, this is a page from that book. So any of you who have taken a Love & Logic course or who have attended a Love & Logic class, this is going to sound very familiar and be a refresher. You're welcome. For those of you who are not, this is a taste test of what some of what Friday is possibly going to sound like and look like a little bit. Step one, empathy. I am here to tell you empathy is always the first step in everything. I know you're like, Becky, that is a really big, bold statement in everything. Yes. In communication, empathy is the first step. In parenting, empathy is the first step. In trying to understand someone in a hard conversation, in each space, empathy is the first step. The trick here is to be brief and to be sincere. It is all in your tone. Dang, that sounds super hard. Wow, big time bummer. Oh, I bet that really hurts. Man, I know how much you wanted that. Versus, well, dang, I guess that sounds kind of hard, huh? Or, well, well, big time bummer for you. Well, I bet that really hurts. I know how much you wanted that. Do you hear the difference in the tone? Now you're like, Becky, you're a master at that. Yes, it's because this is my life work. 
And I'm a master at those tones because I use them sometimes on occasion on my hard, not so great mom days. (laughs) It's all in the tone. Empathy is not an apology. It is not. If you're confused about that, go back and listen to my episode about empathy and then go back and listen to my episode about apologies. Empathy is not an apology. I'm so sorry is not empathy. That's an apology. And we only apologize for things that we have done. This is a really hard habit to break, you guys. I still am working a ton on this in my own language. So when my little guy comes upstairs and he says, what was his most recent? Mom, Kenzie scratched me. Typically, it's, oh, buddy, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Did I scratch it? No, I did not scratch him. So I get to work on, oh, buddy, I bet that really hurt. Hear how that's a little bit different? Empathy is, I see that this is hard or frustrating. Let me sit here with you in it. That's empathy. So that's step one. When we're guiding our kids to solve their own problems, passing something back or whatever to a coworker, whatever, empathy first, every single time, empathy. Step two is you pass it back with what I call a thought message. You've empathized. Dang, that sounds super hard. What do you think you're going to do about that? And again, it's in the tone. Dang, that sounds hard. Well, what are you going to do? What's your plan? How are you going to fix it? No, 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 my friends. No, no. Again, I'm good at it because I've done it multiple times over and over. So give me grace. What do you think you're going to do about that? Well, what are your thoughts about what to do about that? What are some things that you've thought about doing about that? What's the plan you've thought about? Any thoughts about a plan of action? Notice over and over and over, I am using the word think and thought because that is what you want them to do. You're planting that seed in their brain for them to think and to have thought about it. If your kiddo says, I don't know. Then you move to step three. If your kiddo says a plan of what they've thought to do about it, skip step three and go right to step four. So I'm going to give you those two steps. So if your kid says, I don't know, you move to step three. If your kid even says nothing, move to step three. Step three is you ask if you can offer choices. You don't just start rattling them off. This is tricky. I get it. This is hard. I know as a parent, this is tough. You ask if you can offer choices. Do you want to hear what other kids have tried? Now, you don't say, well, what I would do is, because being real, they probably don't care. And if you attach you to it, they're not going to want to do it. Let's be honest, right? Like our kids are going to be like, no thanks. Well, do you want to hear what other kids have tried? If you get a yes, then you move to step four. I will tell you what to do if you get a no there. But if you get a yes, you move to step four. So step four is, A, if the kid gives a plan, you immediately skip offering them choices because why would you? Or if they say, I don't know, or nothing, then once they've said yes, then you start to offer choices and then you state the possible consequences of those choices. So this is how that sounds. And you guys, I know you're like, oh my heck, Becky, this is taking so long to explain this whole process. Yeah, welcome to parenting. It takes a long time. And let me tell you, If you help a kid solve a little problem now, you're going to save yourself the grief from having to teach them how to do it later on. So it's worth the time and effort you put in. Step four, offer choices and state the possible consequences. Well, some kids do this. How would that work out for you? And then they, well, I don't know, or that wouldn't work. I don't want to do that. Okay. Other kids decide to blank. How would that work out for you? Well, some other kids decide to blank. How would that work out for you? So every time you're saying some kids or other kids decide to or choose to or do this, and then you're asking them, how would that work out for you? Because you're wanting to teach their brain to think through how that would work out for them. And then you give them the permission to solve it or to not solve it. 
So if they hear one of those and they're like, I don't know, that could work maybe, then you say, okay, sounds good. I am excited to hear how it goes. Let me know how it goes. Or let me know if there's anything I do to support you. Or whatever. If it's, no, none of those are going to work. Those are awful ideas. Okay. Well, you've got a good head on your shoulders. You'll figure it out. Let me know how it goes. And that's that. Okay. If your kid does have a plan, you move to step four and you say, okay, lay it on me. And they tell you and you like, all right, how do you think that's going to work out for you? And then they can problem solve through it. And if they problem solve through it and they're like, oh, I guess that won't work. Then I was like, okay, well, do you want to hear what other kids have tried? You can go back up to step three. Or if it sounds great, you can say, wow, it sounds like you've thought through it a lot. Okay. Let me know how that goes. Keep me posted. I'm excited to see how it goes, or I'm interested to see how it goes. Now, here comes all the what ifs. So I'll answer as many of them as I can. I'm not a fortune teller and I can't like read your mind through this podcast, but here's what typically gets asked. What if my kid doesn't notice that there's a problem that needs to be solved? What if they have complete unawareness or they're just ignoring it? Then you get to tell them what you've noticed. Hey, I've noticed that this is happening. Not I've noticed that you do this and you do that and you do this because that's going to put them on the defensive. The word you does that. But it's I've noticed that this is happening. That's got to feel really hard. What are your thoughts about that? I've noticed that this is happening or that this is being said or that this is going on. That's got to feel really disappointing. I bet that hurts. What are your thoughts about that? So you just start it anyway. Okay. Even if they don't notice that there's a problem. Now you say, okay, what if my kid says no after step three? So what if I give him the empathy and then I pass on a thought message and then I say, do you want to hear what other kids have tried? And they tell me no. Then what do I do? Well, it depends. If the problem is only a problem for them, then you let the consequences do the talking. If something needs to happen, then you give it a time frame. So you've given them the empathy. You know, Let's say he's like, I hate my teacher. She's so mean. She said this, this, and this, and I don't want to do it, and blah, 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 blah. And you give the empathy. Wow, school can be so hard sometimes and teachers can be really tough. Sometimes I get that. What are your thoughts about what you're going to do about that? I don't know, nothing. Okay, do you want to hear what other kids have tried? No. Well, I've got some good news for you and I've got some bad news for you. Which do you want first? The good news is you've got until six o'clock tonight to think of a plan. The bad news is my plan goes into play at 6.01. So thankfully, you've got some time to figure out what your thoughts are and what your plan is about what to do about that. If you'd like some options, let me know. And then you use that time to come up with whatever consequence is going to happen. And then they ultimately chose that consequence because they didn't come up with anything. You're going to want to rewind that and listen to that, I'm sure. Rewind. What do you even do? Go back. I don't know what that's called on a podcast anyway. (laughs) So it's okay if the kid says no. Now, if the kid says no and it's only a problem for them, well, do you want to hear what other kids have tried? No. Okay, something's going to happen. Something will happen. What? I'd love to talk you through it. You okay with me talking you through it? No. All right, something. Something's going to happen. And then the consequence can do the teaching, whether it be the consequence at home or the consequence at school or whatever. I've had people say, what if my kid doesn't like any of my choices? Then big whoop. No biggie. They've got a good head on their shoulders. They don't like any of your choices. Same story goes. All right, well, you've got a good head on your shoulders. You'll come up with something. The good news is you've got until this time frame. The bad news is my plan comes into play after that time frame. So you pick and then you just go about your stuff. So let me play out all of these with you for example. Okay. Let's say kid comes home and they're like, girl at school is so mean. She called me a poo-poo head. 
first step is empathy. Oh my gosh, that stinks to be called a poo-poo head. I bet that hurt your feelings. What do you think you're going to do about that? Step two. I don't know. Step three. Do you want to hear what other kids have tried? Sure. Okay. Some kids decide to do nothing and they just keep letting her call them a poo-poo head. How would that work out for you? I don't want to keep letting her call me a poo-poo head. It's rude. Okay. So it doesn't sound like that would work out well for you. No. Now, a little hack side note here. The first choice I give is the throw out choice, the garbage choice that I'm okay with them not ever doing because typically it's like the first pancake and kids just throw it out. Like they, they'll usually, because they're still like slowing their brain down to listen. They don't really want that one. So that's usually the first one I give. No, that's not going to work out for me to let her keep calling me a poop head. Okay. Well, other kids decide to, okay. Well, other kids decide to say something like, well, that's one opinion. And then they walk away. How would that work out for you? I don't know. I don't know if I can remember to do that. Okay. Well, some other kids decide to just ignore her and say to themselves, I'm not a poo-poo head. I'm pretty awesome. And then walk away from her. How would that work out? I could probably remember to do that. Okay, sweetheart. Thank you so much for telling me about what happened. Let me know how it goes. I'm curious about it. Hear how all those steps went. Now, like, Becky, that was magical. And usually it's not that magical. It's a little bit messier. But that's kind of the process that you go through. So I'll review those steps one more time and then we'll wrap it up. So step one is empathy. Empathy always. Empathy first. Always, always, always. Careful with your tone. Got to make sure that's really empathy. We're not apologizing. We didn't do anything wrong unless we did. And then we have to apologize for it, right? Step two is you pass it back to them with a thought message. Well, what are your thoughts about what you're going to do about that? What plan have you thought about? What thoughts about an action plan do you have? Or how do you think you're going to handle that? Using the word thought or think, okay? Step three, ask if you can offer choices. Don't just offer them. Ask. Get that permission. This opens up the frontal part of their brain, their executive functioning brain. If you give choices, they're going to use that part of their brain instead of the caveman brain in the back of their brain, okay? So ask. Do you want to hear what other kids have tried? Or do you want to hear what other folks have tried? If you get a yes, move on. If you don't, you know where to go, right? Step four, offer choices and state the possible consequences. Well, some kids do this. How would that work out for you? Have that first one be your pancake. You're going to throw it out. It's the first pancake of the morning. We're not going to keep it. So whatever. A lot of times I use to do nothing as my first. You could do absolutely nothing and just leave it. How would that work out for you? Then other kids try to da-da-da-da-da. How would that work out for you? Or well, then some other kids try to blah, 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 blah. If my kid has an attitude and I can feel it, I can feel the energy, they get about two options and then I'm out. Because if I stick around, I'm going to get mean. Other times I can give a solid three, maybe four answers. It just depends on the situation. So you problem solve through all of that. Well, some kids decide to do X, Y, and Z. How would that work out for you? Other kids decide to blah, blah, blah. How would that work out for you, right? And then you give them permission to either solve the problem or to not solve the problem, but that's their choice. If it causes a problem for someone else, then you can give them the good news and the bad news. The good news is they have until a certain time to come up with the plan. The bad news is you're coming up with the plan after that time. So they have choice. It gives them some choice. It gives them some freedom in deciding what to do. Here comes the commitment, my friends. Let's commit to guide the youngers and even some of the olders in our lives to solve their own problems. Let's commit to the five steps that we talked about and let's commit to letting them take the wheel in their own lives. There will be some bumps, but they will not know how to navigate those unless you let them learn now. Enjoy the journey, brave the battle, keep embracing your human 
and solving your problems and letting other people solve their problems too, one step at a time. Touch base with me once a week. Go to beckyhennessy.com. That's B-E-C-K-I-E-H-E-N-N-E-S-S-Y.com and subscribe to my weekly rest stops. If you already do get my rest stops, thank you so much. Pass the word on. Thank you.